0: Hello. Hello. Oh, you're officially called Uncle Drew now. Okay, well, that's different. <laughs> so I'd, like like to address, I'd like to address a conversation we had before about how the fact that I'm sounding pretty loud and you're uh, not the same volume. The, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I'm actually talking into a cell phone, a really high quality cell phone speaker with earphones. So uh, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, literally, I'm literally an inch away from my microphone. So I'm not sure if you are at that at the same vicinity.
1: I'm about an inch away now, but you're a little bit louder than me, so maybe you go an inch and a half. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's split the difference.
0: <laughs> uh, hopefully, you have a shirt on today. That would make our podcast a little more high quality.
1: Well, I do have a shirt, but I don't see how that applies since there's no video.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, should I ask you how Brazil is or just jump right into it? <laughs>
1: Uh, Brazil is doing great and I want to jump off by saying that uh, I've lived in Brazil for 10 months now and I've seen a plethora of NBA jerseys okay. um, but today today for the first time I saw a Jason Tatum version a Jason Tatum uh, away version so the black and green one yes and, uh, I was like oh my gosh is that an omen are the Celtics gonna win tonight
0: yeah it could be
1: Wow
0: Hey, man, I I got all the faith in the world. I've never heard anybody talk up Jason Tatum as much as Paul Pierce, who is one of the best offensive weapons I've ever seen. So if if he supports him, and I saw him get a 50-point game and win for them. So, you know, I think anything's possible.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny you say anything is possible because that's what Kevin Garnett screamed when they won the championship. (laughs) Do you remember that?
0: I re- well no, I don't remember that, but I do think uh, Kevin Garnett should have won more than that.
1: Yeah, so he said anything is possible after he won the championship in uh, Boston. It was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a
0: lot. Of, there's a lot of players that um, I think should have won like a chip. Um, I will say championship. I don't like when people say chip. Like you can't say the full word. Like you're not interested. It's championship. And um, uh, you know, you got Karl Malone. You've got um, well, maybe Barkley, and. Uh, yeah, many others. John Stockton. I mean, the oh, list goes People you, you, like yeah, Peyton, you, Sean you Kent. Just, I mean, all these people should have won, but because of Jordan, they never had a chance.
1: So this is what usually happens in the podcast. After two or three minutes, you all of a sudden get really loud when you weren't really loud. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Okay, I here's here's
0: something funny I tell people. um You you
1: have to, you have to turn the volume down or something because, uh, this, this, this happens almost every time. And then I turn my volume way down because it's, it's like hard on my ears. And then when we listen (laughs) later, and then we listen later, I'm really low and you're like normal.
0: Okay. I'll try and turn my volume. Uh, I don't know. I'll try. You
1: have to move. You have to move away from the speaker or something.
0: Okay. I won't talk. Okay. I won't talk into the microphone too close.
1: (laughs) Okay, so move away from the speaker, like two or three inches, actually.
0: Okay, how's this?
1: Still really loud. Shoot. Okay. Um, let me see. What Are you, you said you're on headphones, right? Yep. So can you turn the volume down on the headphones? Um, or no, no, I think it's more about you're speaking into the speaker too closely, actually.
0: Okay, so let's, uh, so one thing I tell everyone is I, I have to, um, to listen, I have to stop talking.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: So maybe if I let you talk once in a while, maybe that might be helpful.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, I would hold the phone uh, or whatever you're doing further away. Okay, I've got it like a foot and a half away now. Uh, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. That's, okay. uh, yeah, talk a little bit there.
0: Okay, so, uh, well, what are we doing today? So, what is the, the general, um, so we're going to predict the, after the first round of the playoffs? Is that the? Uh,
1: yeah, so who's going to be, who's going to be left standing after the first round? That's right. okay. Uh, so, let's start with the Jazz. We both agree on the Jazz, but why do you feel the Jazz are going to beat the Memphis Grizzlies?
0: I well no, I only feel the Jazz are going to beat them if Donovan Mitchell is coming back. If Donovan okay. Mitchell, if Donovan Mitchell isn't there, and um, what's his name, Paul Connolly or um, Mike Connolly, then no, I don't think they'll win. But if those two guys are there, I think it's a done deal. I don't think they have any chance. Although I'm really, I really root for Memphis. Like I like John Moran. I think he's one of the best young point guards. I really like JJJ, the um, the power forward. He's a really good outside shooter. And, um, yeah, all their players, um, they're pretty cool, especially, I didn't know if Valentinus is one of the leading offensive rebounders, so it makes sense. He's one of the
1: only seven footers. Uh, yeah, I think that the jazz will, uh, take down the Grizzlies, uh, because I just think they have, uh, they have too much firepower for the Grizzlies and their team defense is actually very good.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So if done it, but without Donovan Mitchell, I mean, Bogdanovich can't do it. Um, Gobert's good on defense, but I don't know.
1: I, I think, I think even if Mitchell doesn't come back, they'll still beat them. But I'm pretty sure Mitchell is coming back. So it's a moot point. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. That's an easy one. Jazz over the Grizzlies. It's one versus eight. It shouldn't be too complicated. Um, so let's take a look at, you know, uh, who they would, who they would be playing in the second round, uh, Clippers or the Mavs. So we both agreed that it's the Mavs. Why do you feel the Mavs are going to beat the Clippers?
0: Uh, but before I go into that, I just like to make this a little bit funny by saying I am making a girl cheese sandwich just to, uh... (laughs) um, okay so yes the uh clippers (laughs) so the oh uh we said the oh the dallas i think will beat the clippers for sure yeah Uh,
1: so why do you think the mavs will beat the clippers
0: well you know if Kawhi's in the perfect situation like with a team with a lot of heart like toronto where they had like a whole team of eight or nine guys surrounding him that were very helpful and they were hardworking and they played good d um But then you've got uh, the Clippers that seem like they're, I don't know, I guess some continuity, some heart, definitely. But you said chemistry. I think that's a perfect example, like chemistry. They just don't – it's that. So it doesn't seem like Kawhi has that team. And then also Luka's way better in the clutch. Like when it matters, he he really raises the game, which is what every good NBA player like Jordan would always like. That's a good example, that's what you're supposed to do. Like in the playoffs and in the finals, you're supposed to be way better. That's kind of exactly, he plays that role perfectly.
1: Yeah. Now, I, I think the Mavs are going to beat the Clippers. I have more faith in Doncic than I do in Leonard. But here's yeah. an interesting uh, sidebar. Uh, I'm not going to go into this in depth, but um, the Raptors, you know, they they were lucky to win the championship. Let's just leave it at that. Um, would, would you say that Leonard was the leader of that team or was it Lowry?
0: You know, I guess, um, from the start to the finish, Lowry is their leader, Yes. but while Kawhi was there as far as playoff performance and as far as, um, um, reaching the pinnacle of their defensive ability. Yeah. I think, I think Leonard was their leader and not only that, but his demeanor, like the fact that he was quiet, he just put his hard hat on and went over and does his job kind of like a Tim Duncan. Um, everybody in the in the organization seemed to follow suit with that, and they seem to learn from them, and they seem actually much improved. They just had a really unlucky year.
1: I I think that uh, in Toronto, uh, Leonard was a good uh, silent co captain, um, or not not co captain, sorry, assistant captain. Because in hockey, you have the captain, and then usually two assistant captains. So yeah. I would say that for the Raptors, Lowry was the captain. And Leonard was an assistant captain. He was a really good assistant captain. And it doesn't mean that the captain has to be the best player on the team. Lowry was not as good as Leonard. Leonard was a, Leonard is and was a better basketball player than Lowry. But Lowry was the emotional engine that made that team go. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because when you look at the Clippers, they don't have an emotional engine. They, no, they Leonard do. Leonard is a quiet assistant captain type guy. Paul George is a quiet assistant captain type guy. Rondo could be a captain, but he came too late to the party, so he's not really a good captain at this moment. Um, as for as for everybody else on the Clippers, there's no captain. So yeah. when I look at the Clippers, I see a somewhat emotionless somewhat rudderless boat, if you want to use that analogy. Um, they're just, they're just, they're not cohesive. They don't have good team chemistry. I do not think they will beat the Clippers because they do not have, as you said, even though you were scared to say it, they don't have enough heart.
0: Yeah. So, so
1: um, I'm, go- I'm going with, I'm going with Donchish and the, uh, you know, the full of heart Mavericks.
0: So you said that they weren't going to beat they they weren't gonna beat uh, Dallas. Mm-hmm. That's what you said. No, but it's the other way that they weren't gonna beat the Clippers. Uh, okay, moving on. Um, no, I'm saying okay. the
1: Clippers aren't gonna beat Dallas. That's right.
0: Yes. Okay, we agree on that one. Okay, yeah, yeah, next yeah. one.
1: So the next one is uh, Suns and Lakers. Now uh, I'm gonna I'll talk about the Lakers first, and then you have the Suns. So that's that's this is a fun one. Okay. So I I have the Lakers just because. I think that the Lakers' defense will get their act together. And I, in and, and that same vein, I guess, I think the Lakers' offense will get their act together. And um, I think they will beat the Suns. Um, and I, I I like the Suns. I think they're a good team. They're doing some really good things. Uh, I, I really respected the win that they got in game number one. Uh, but I do trust Vogel and Jason Kidd. And I do trust... The Lakers, who won the championship last year, and I I trust the new guys that came in to kind of get their act together and win the series.
0: Yeah, I'm not too, like, if the Lakers win, uh, I'll give them props, but I just don't, I don't see, like, Andre Drummond has no playoff experience. Um, Gasol is not uh, what he used to be. And you've got um, Montrezl Harrell, who didn't show much in the playoffs. He was almost like Harden. Like, once he got in the playoffs, he didn't really produce a lot. Um so then you've got LeBron and A D, sure, but are they hundred percent healthy? But I'm I'm hundred percent going for Phoenix because I mean Chris Paul is again incredible, he's really helping lead that team. Um, D, um I seen the other day that um DeAndre um their, their their center, yeah, Eaton, he got sixteen rebounds, so he's doing really good. Um he's upped his game like remarkably from last year, so and then you still got Booker, who's 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 an assassin late in late in the fourth quarter, and uh, all their young players like um, Mikel Bridges and uh, you know even their veterans coming off the bench. They're very they're very good team overall, and their defense has probably gotten better as as the years have gone by.
1: Yeah, I just want to point out DeAndre Ayton. Uh, he has made strides, and I want to give him credit because he deserves it. Um, but he he averaged 14 points and 10 rebounds per game this season, which is nice. Um, because the best two players on the team are obviously Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So good good job for Ayton uh doing a a good job in the number three or four spot because they have other good players too. Um but yeah, fourteen and ten for the season, which is nice. He had twenty-one and sixteen in the game, so those are both uh way above his averages. So that's not a. That's not going to continue over the series. Let's just be honest about that.
0: Um, I I would definitely say that. Um, he came highly toted from college as being a jump shooter and a three point shooter, so I would think he, he can do a lot of different things offensively. So maybe he's just starting to scratch the surface. I mean, if he ups his game, you're right, it might not be sustainable. But if he can up his game in the playoffs, it gives them a better shot.
1: Yeah, no, he he's the X factor, as most podcasters and announcers have pointed out. Uh, if he plays well, I mean, even if he averages 15 and 10, which he basically averaged for the season, uh, if he can average that, that's great. Uh, but the, the fear is that he won't be able to average that, and that's going to be a, a big, not a huge, but a big difference maker uh, in the small margins that the games might come down to.
0: You know, I'm a little bit off topic, but what's always bugged me, it seems so simple to me, like Bill Jackson always said, You're supposed to get 20 points, 10 rebounds like a normal player. And you're saying in the new NBA, players should get at least 25 points and maybe even a couple extra rebounds. So maybe 12 rebounds. I don't understand why you have a starting center, power forward, and small forward that can't average 10 rebounds. I don't understand why the rebounding is so down. Like it doesn't seem like anybody will get down low and just, uh, you know, like rough it up and get a rebound.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a good point you make. And I've heard a podcaster bring this up before. And, um, you know, there are a lot of big men averaging double figures and rebounds. Um, But I think what has changed and what this podcaster say, it might have been Zach Lowe. um, I I think they were pointing out how uh, a lot of team, not a lot of teams, but there's a good number of teams now uh, involved in team rebounding. Oh, okay. And so so like we talked about on another pod how the offensive rebounding has gone down or maybe it never was that high because it's risky, right? Yeah, You're yeah. not going to be able to set your defense if you go for the offensive board. So they're clearing out, but even though there's maybe there's one or two or you know whatever guys kind of maybe looking fishing for a little bit of offensive rebounding. So majority of teams, I guess, are doing the team rebounding thing. So it's not just the big guy going to get the rebound anymore. The guards are there, the small forwards there. So the rebounds are being shared around just because uh, everybody's maybe there trying to help out.
0: Yeah, I mean, one more thing I'll point out, then we can move on. Um, Like, in general, when somebody gets an offensive rebound and kicks it out, it's. I think it's over 78%. They hit the next time. Like if they, if they, if they fire. If you watch, even highlights, they'll show it. And so, if you imagine you play with Rodman, he gets 20 rebounds a game, and 10 of them are offensive. Um, 20 points could be a second opportunity where they fire up. How, how, how confidence building or how amazing does that feel when you see the ball go in so many times in a game? Like it's really, it's really a good feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next, okay. Next team. So yeah, so you got the Suns, I got the Lakers, uh, and now another fun one, I got the Blazers, you got the Nuggets. So why do you have the Nuggets?
0: Um well, obviously Jokic is going to be the or Jok- Jokic depending on your pronunciation. I won't read I won't say it the way it's spelled. Um, yeah, he's going to be the MVP, so that's one of one good reason, but honestly Michael Porter Jr is I don't understand how people don't like, they always compared him to Durant. I don't see how he's just not as good. I mean, maybe his demeanor's different, but his numbers are pretty similar. Like they're Durant puts up maybe 32, 10 and two or three blocks. I mean, he's putting up two blocks, 10 rebounds and 28, 29 points almost every time. He's, he's really turned into like um, a very dominant player. Like put anybody around him with, with some ball handling ability, like even a Westbrook who, who, who maybe has not the best outside shot, but, You know, I mean, put someone like that around him. He's going to be getting to conference finals. No problem.
1: Yeah. Porter has definitely improved this year. So I'm really happy for him because he made the appropriate jump. Uh, This year, he averaged 19 points a game and seven rebounds a game. And that's that's really good. That's uh, not accurate,
0: though. That's not accurate to how he played the second half of the year. If you look at his numbers for the first half and then second half, he's literally averaged like well over 25 and I think 10 rebounds, too for the set for the majority.
1: Okay. Uh, I would say in the second half, uh, you would be correct, but that was after Jamal Murray uh, bounced. That's that's true. So uh, with Jamal Murray in there, Porter is obviously the third option, but a very good third option. Uh, So, so yeah, these numbers, yeah, you're right. Uh, They don't, they don't really show what he's capable of. Um, But the problem, the problem therein lies that, he cannot be maybe he cannot be the second option or you know and not have jamal murray right imagine if jamal murray kind of said oh okay i'll be i'll be the third wheel i'll be the chris bosh right uh would michael would michael porter jr as a second option Jokic obviously the first uh and jamal murray as the third would they be as good i don't know because jamal murray is he's 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 kind of a better scorer, I guess. He can do more things than Michael Porter Jr. And I think that he kind of understands the game a little bit better just because maybe he's more mature. Michael Porter Jr. might be really good in a couple of years. Um, But right now, I think he's still figuring things out. And so, um, you know, most teams right now only have two guys. You know, most teams are two-headed monsters So if you want to say that Michael Porter Jr. is amazing, then him and Jokic as a two-headed monster should be able to, uh, you know, take this team pretty far, right? I mean,
0: to answer your question, yes, uh, Denver would be markedly better if uh, Michael Porter Jr. was the first or second option. And then um, Jamal Murray could be the, the the third or second. I think Jokic as an offensive weapon could be a third option. He's one of the best passers, if not the best passing big man I've ever seen. So that could be his first option is to, you know, facilitate. But um, I just find that like Michael Porter junior isn't given the credit, even if he's like two thirds as good as Kevin Durant. Wouldn't he be looked at as a one as a number one option? Like Kevin Durant went to the Warriors and was looked at as the best players on the Warriors. He got the finals MVP and they, yes, okay, they were stacked and they won, but he was still looked at in a very high regard. And even now on on uh, New Jersey, he's looked at probably the number one option.
1: Yeah, but I think what you what you get into trouble here with is that Jokic, he doesn't it, people have said he doesn't always identify as the first option, but in order for them to be really successful, he needs to. Oh, OK, and so he averaged 26 points a game this year. But in the first two playoffs games, he had 34 and 38 and they they lost the first one. They won the second one. But if he's not if he's not scoring above 30 at this point with, you know, Jamal Murray gone, if he's not scoring 30 plus, they basically don't have a chance. Yeah, okay. Right? So yeah. that 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 makes him the pretty clear first option just because he can do so much more. Yeah. Uh, so Yeah.
0: what was the uh, what conference are we in? <laughs>
1: Well, I I wanna I wanna say that I think the Blazers are gonna beat the Nuggets, okay? Uh, because I just I just think they can play good enough defense, even though it's not very good at all. But I think that they can put enough points on the board to uh, to just basically outscore Denver. I I think this series is just gonna come down to who can outscore who because. I don't know what Denver's ranking is in the defense. I guess I should know. Uh, Sorry about that. uh, Listeners, but uh, Denver, Denver is not that great on defense and Portland is really bad on defense. So I think it's just going to be kind of like a shootout in the OK corral. Um,
0: I don't think I, I guess, um, uh, Portland's defense might be bad, but I mean like Covington's pretty good on defense. You've got the two backcourt guys are okay. It's just, they're both the size of a point guard. So people can just shoot over top. Um, they don't really have much to speak of at the center position. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, their defense is pretty shabby.
1: Yeah, but I mean they they're always like close to the last in defensive rating. Actually.
0: Wow, I didn't know they were that bad. No wonder they. can Well, never you got
1: you got to think McCollum and Lillard play like you know twenty five thirty thirty plus minutes a game each, and they're both they're both of their ratings is very bad on defense actually. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, I got the Blazers. You got the Nuggets. Let's flip a coin and see who wins. <laughs>
0: I'm going, yeah, I mean, I really don't see the Nuggets. Well, I want the Nuggets to win. I just don't know. Sure, I'm just not sure if they can.
1: Yeah, and I don't think it matters because I think whoever wins is going to lose to the Lakers or the Suns, actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, Okay, so let's move on to the East east Coast. So uh, Sixers, Wizards, I got the Sixers, you got the Sixers. There's really not much to talk about unless you want to talk about it.
0: Oh, well, I'd like to see Westbrook and Beal win a game, but uh, it's going to be really tough. Um, the 76ers are playing at a high level. Embiid seems unstoppable. Tobias Harris is, 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 seems to have gone up a gear. I don't know where this offensive repertoire came from. He's gotten better. And then, um, like I said, Ben Simmons is almost like a playoff rondo. He's really putting up high numbers on assists and rebounds. And uh, once he puts some points together, they're going to be almost unstoppable. I really, I really, if they can keep playing at this level, we'll see how they do in the second round, but I would pick them almost go to the finals.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, they definitely have a chance at the finals. I mean, it's a three horse race, which we can talk about in a moment, but, um, yeah, Ben Simmons actually in game one, he had six, six points, 15 and 15. So yeah, that's pretty sick. Um, but I will say that, uh, I don't really care if Westbrook and Beal win a game. I don't really give a crap about the wizards. They suck. (laughs) Um, the the less the less playoff games Westbrook wins the better because he's just uh you know he's a horrible basketball player, um yeah. but but yeah so uh, yeah and when it comes to the uh who's going to the finals from the east I mean you know most people are like Bucks Sixers Nets it's like gosh man like I don't know man it's it's hard to say because all three of them are very good we just have to see how things progress yeah now the Sixers to their credit the Sixers uh they will they will uh play the winner of Knicks and Atlanta so they'll kind of have not a free ride to the conference semis but semi free ride um if everybody on the Sixers stays healthy it should be a semi free ride now the Bucks and Nets if they are the winners uh they'll play each other to go play the Sixers okay so that's interesting right so a lot of people are like man, the Bucs and Nets are going to beat the crap out of each other trying to get to the conference semis to play the Sixers, right? So that gives the Sixers a little edge. But anyway. Oh, the Sixers finish first. Yeah, the Sixers are first. So they play Atlanta, Atlanta, or New York. And then if they win that, they go to the the conference semis.
0: <laughs> I got to say, that's a pretty easy, easy, easy ride to get to the semis. I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm, I mean, I,
0: I'm liking Atlanta and I like New York, but I mean – that's really, I don't think they stand a chance against the 76ers.
1: Yeah, but there's the the other side of the coin is that if the Sixers have an easy ride to the conference semis, they're more rested, et cetera, et cetera, but they weren't pushed. Whereas, uh, like, you know, when you get pushed, uh, certain characters, certain characteristics come out, and those can actually be advantageous later in the playoffs.
0: 100%. So, I mean, in, in an entire career, yes, that's true, but in a single playoffs where one of your best players has been injured for a large chunk of the year, I think rest is probably the best thing for them.
1: Yeah, rest and an easier ride might be better. But, uh, yeah, so – but the Bucks and the Nets, if they meet in the second round and they go, they go toe-to-toe and the team that comes out of that could have a lot of confidence and steam going up against the Sixers. So we'll see.
0: I just want to point out one more thing because I've heard of a lot of um, broadcasters like Skip Bayless and um, – Stephen A. Smith talk about how Jordan was so great. He won six championships, but they said it took him five or six years to get there. And this is what Embiid is going through right now. It took him a year or two to get to a higher level. But you're right. If he got pushed every year, he didn't win it in Jordan every year. And then Embiid is like got pushed like one year or got beat. You know, yeah, he really hasn't had that that resistance to him. help him improve. So I see what you mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Sixers came close when Leonard made that crazy shot and the Raptors beat the Sixers and the Raptors went on to win the championship. So, I mean, there was some heartbreak there. There was some uh, emotional like turmoil. So uh, Embiid has that experience, which is good. Um, but uh, he hasn't had a lot of other experiences because this is the first year he's actually been in shape and ready to make a run. You know? Yeah, it's,
0: it's fair enough.
1: Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so we both got the Sixers because the Wizards are uh, laughing stock. And uh, Knicks are Atlanta. So I got the Knicks and you've got Atlanta. So I'm going to say the Knicks are gritty. They got Tim Tim. Tim, uh, Tom Thibodeau. Uh, they got, uh, Derek Rose and Taj Gibson and Julius Randall and RJ Barrett. And they're just, they're tough and they're gritty and they'll just fight for every single thing. And so I think they're going to beat the Atlanta Hawks who I see to be kind of soft actually.
0: Um, so a couple things. Um, first of all, Taj Gibson, did he average more than two points a, a game before this season? Don't you
1: ever <laughs> slander Taj Gibson? <laughs> he's he's one of named my, after. He's named after the Taj Mahal.
0: He's one of my favorite players, so I don't I won't I won't put him down. Um and then Derek Rose is great, but he's obviously his prime is long past. Um he's still got some game. Now, if you look at RJ Barrett, it is his first playoffs, so it's really questionable. Have you ever noticed, if you actually look at a picture of him, how much he looks like Chauncey Billups, which is um, one of the best clutch shooters I've ever seen play in this game.
1: I think I think he's a little better looking, but there is a resemblance.
0: I like how you put that in. Okay, that really works. Yeah. Yeah, no. Atlanta are 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 really good from top to bottom. They got Sweet Lou coming in. They got Trey. They got um Kevin Herter's really improved. Um, I don't know about his defense, but um that's and then you've got Bogdanovich. Capella's having a great year. They've got um John Collins seems to be improving. It almost seems like game by game, he's just been great. Um, I really would like to see the next step. I think Atlanta will be a powerhouse in the East, or at least right up there with the top, if they can play defense, like they play solid defense. But if they actually commit, like um, the guy um, a Hunter on the the, sm- the small forward on their team,
1: yeah, DeAndre Hunter, he's back.
0: Yeah, if they play defense like him, they'll be. Uh, the sky's the limit. I mean, they already have the, they have all the offense they need. They just need to step it up.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a great series. I think it's going to go seven games, but I think uh, the Knicks will, uh, will beat them in uh, Madison square garden in game seven.
0: All right. Well, with Spike Lee sitting there watching
1: Spike Lee, man, good for him. That dude's like, maybe like 55 or 60 now, man, he's still going to the games, man. He's still getting in arguments
0: off topic. Have you been to New York?
1: Uh, I have been in New York. It's uh, it's a cool city.
0: There's a real buzz in that city. They just need the game of basketball. I really hope it does well.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Knicks, uh, the Knickerbockers really bring out the fire in New York City.
0: Uh, does anybody agree they might need a new name? I don't know. Do we have an opinion? Maybe
1: not. You can't change the Knickerbockers.
0: There's got to be a better name.
1: There's no other name. They would never change that name. The Knicks are going to be the Knicks until the what about, world catches what about, on fire.
0: What about the 747s?
1: Like they're like as fast as a jet. Uh, moving on. <laughs> so we got the Heat and the Bucks, and as we speak right now, the Bucks are up two games to nothing. But I still have the Heat because I don't trust the Bucks. You have the Bucks. <laughs> um, I just I don't trust the Bucks, even though uh, in game number two they went off. Uh, they they shot a whole bunch of threes and it was masterful, and you know everybody was scoring and it was beautiful. But uh, you know. They're up two games to nothing. And uh, may I remind you, they were up two games to nothing against the Raptors and the Raptors beat them 4-2 a couple of years ago. So there's that.
0: Yeah, I, I see like your point. I mean, um, Milwaukee can't seem to sustain any sort of um, any sort of offensive firepower. Like, I, I'm sorry, like everybody's going on about Bryn Forbes. I mean, where's Bryn Forbes been all year? And is he going to do this the whole playoffs? I really doubt it. Um if he hits another two or three threes in the next game, I'll be surprised. Um, and that your your office shouldn't shouldn't be um, dependent on someone who's streaky. I mean, you should have you should have your two or three top guys being able to put in twenty points plus. Yes, Middleton can do it. But as you say, in the new NBA, he should be able to average twenty five, no problem. I mean, to do twenty is just not enough. It's like somebody averaging sixteen or seventeen. Which almost anybody, um, even a guy you do for a ten-day contract, can can accomplish that on a on a team that it has a losing record. Um, yeah, Drew Holiday is is awesome. Um, I'm not sure, and I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to have somebody sit down and show me some tape on how Drew Holiday's ever been um, considered to be one of the top defensive players. I've never heard or defensive, I should say, I've never heard or seen um, anybody get like a donut against him. I've never seen him. Um, hold any NBA player to l- below, way below their average. I've never seen him, him block a lot of shots. Maybe he got some steals. Um, I mean, overall, I think he helps play could team de- could team defense and he elevates the team defensively. I just never seen like um, NBA like first team all defense from him. And everybody constantly goes on about his how he's this, like Kawhi Leonard style two way player. I've seen Kawhi Leonard block James Harden. I've seen Kawhi Leonard steal the ball from James Harden. So I know. He is the, <laughs> he is probably one of the best defenders to ever play the game. Like, I don't know, unless you've well, seen different, I mean, Giannis has the athletic ability to be that defender and he, he showed it by blocking Durant as one tiny example, but he's, he, he really has the tools to be that player.
1: So what I'll say about Drew Holiday, because I am not appreciating all this slander <laughs> Uh First of all, in game number one, he had three steals. So let's just say okay. that, first of all. Okay. Uh, Drew Holiday is, uh, he is built like what our father would like to say is a brick shit house. Okay. <laughs> so he is, he is solid. He is super solid. Okay. And so this came up on a podcast the other day I was listening to. They were talking about Muggsy Bogues. Okay. And if you, if you look at Muggsy Bogues, his legs are like tree trunks. Yes, okay? that's,
0: I agree with that.
1: So a lot of people throughout Muggsy's career would try to post him up. And he was five foot three and they were usually over six foot. And yeah. they, could not, they could not post him up because his center of gravity, well, not his, just his center of gravity, but his like below center of gravity actually was so so stable so drew holiday is very similar he is solid from top to bottom Uh, he also has very good defensive instincts it's not just team defense he is actually in my opinion one of if not the best on ball defender in the league and has been for years and uh, i'll send you some youtube videos later because i'm sure people have made them i've never seen any but i'm sure i can find some
0: yeah, no um, I I'd, I'd appreciate that. Maybe I'm just uneducated. I just Yeah. I mean, so he's obviously doing a number on the guards from Miami cuz they're really uh, they're really not playing that well. But yeah. um before I guess I just never really noticed what he was doing to the opposing team yeah, so Drew
1: Drew Holiday. Uh now one one piece of evidence, but of course there's a lot more than this piece of evidence. But you may recall when New Orleans knocked out uh, the Blazers a couple of years ago, they beat them four games to nothing. Okay. And Damian Lillard was like at the height of his powers, but so was Anthony Davis. So they were the focal points of that matchup. Anthony Davis played out of his mind. Damian Lillard did not play well, and it was mainly because of Drew Holiday. Yeah. So yeah, Drew Holiday and Damian Lillard, one of the best offensive weapons in the game and has been for years, has said numerous times Drew Holiday is the best defender in the league. <laughs> Kevin okay, Durant, well, Kevin Durant has said Drew Holiday is the best defender in the league and he's talking about when Drew Holiday was guarding him.
0: <laughs> okay, well if he beats him to spots and he's 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 refusing to let people drive and it's it's really hard for me to think like that because I just I think the best defenders in the league shot block shots. Those are the number one because they're on the back no, line. They're no. blocking shots. They're taking body contact seven or eight times a game, um, with their fouls and with their um, and with their physicality. To and like a uh, uh, Nerlens Noel is a good example for New York where he's blocking shots and you might and you'll see if they can beat um, Atlanta. He's going to be a big a big uh, point uh, part of that or a big focal point. So. I don't know like that's i just always think of it like that but you're it's true i mean defense can be played on the floor and it can be played so let me see some videos first let me let me do some research and i'll make my final decision
1: okay we'll get back to that later but you do not throw shade on this guy with the <laughs> same name as he's got the same name as me man i can't i gotta defend him
0: <laughs> well i think you can play almost as good as defense as him
1: yeah uh, i don't got that uh, lower body strength man he is thick <laughs> Uh, okay. So, uh, so I, I got the heat, you got the bucks. So I want to agree with you, first of all, uh, that, uh, if we take a quick look, I mean, I'm not even going to look at how many threes Bryn Forbes had in game two. I think it was seven. Uh, I don't really, I don't really care. He's a good shooter, but in game one, when they barely won, he had five points and was for three on threes. Oh, okay. That's more realistic. Yeah. And Pat Connaughton, he had, Two points, and he was zero for one on threes, and he yeah. hit three or four threes in game two. And Bryn Forbes hit seven or eight threes in game two, and good for them. But you're right, that's not going to be sustainable. So, what's going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think I? I okay. I, go ahead. I just
0: wanted to interject to say I believe it's good coaching if you put guys in that are that are doing well and they hit lots of shots. And then also the other way, if they're missing a lot of shots, just take them out. I mean, that's good. That's great coaching because there's so many times you see people go cold, miss shots, and the coach never takes them out.
1: Mm. So what I will what I will add is that uh, Duncan Robinson went off in game one and didn't have a great game two. Kendrick Nunn and Drogage, they've played like mediocre. I think they can do better. Butler and Adebayo have played not well. I think they can do better. Uh, Trevor Ariza and uh, Trevor Ariza and Hero, they need to do better. So it, it, there's, you know, it's two games to nothing. But if the Heat get their act together and everybody starts playing better defense and uh, hitting more shots, then yeah, this series could easily turn around. Of course.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see Tyler Hero get more minutes. I'm not sure why. You're putting too much um emphasis on Dragic. I mean, I don't think he's he's as good as he was way back when.
1: Well, I mean, he did have 25 points on 10 for 17 shooting in game 1, so
0: Well, it's not his fault then. I mean, I just I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, Can Dragic you, had a great game 1. He had a great game 1. Hero's been struggling since like, you know, halfway through the season. He's just been struggling this year. It's okay. Uh we refer to that as the sophomore slump, so we'll see if he shakes it off. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I got, the, I still got the Heat. You got the Bucks. That's cool. Uh, we both have the Nets, and I think it's pretty obvious why. Uh, even with Jalen Brown, Boston would probably still lose this in five or six games, obviously. Yep. Yeah.
0: No, yeah. I, you know what? I really want to see Boston improve. I, I don't really 100% agree when people said they should have traded all their picks and everything else. Like, most people should be able to judge their picks after four or five years. Like, most teams are, are have to build slowly and get back to the playoffs. But Boston really wanted all to happen right away. And I just think it would be a waste to trade all their picks for a veteran who helps them get into the playoffs one or two years, and then those picks turn into superstars. Like, I'd rather see them build slowly. I kind of like it. But the only problem is you can't have four or five or more superstars on one team if you can't give them all the minutes to develop.
1: Yeah I mean, I've listened to Bill Simmons go on and on about the Celtics. so I mean I'm pretty uh, pretty well educated on the Celtics at this point. Um, I mean, you have you had Hayward, that didn't work out. Irving didn't work out. Porford didn't work out. These are all all stars, right? And yeah. it just it just it just didn't work out. They weren't good fits uh, and that that is what it is. So now you have what you have. It's not a great team. So they're gonna they're gonna flame out in the playoffs, and then let's see what we can do next year. That's it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So the Nets are easily gonna win that, and uh, yeah, it should be interesting uh, whether they play the Bucks or the Heat. That looks like probably the best second round matchup, I would say.
0: But I do think that um, Boston should trade lower into the next draft if they have any opportunity, because apparently this draft's like the best in the ten, if not next, in the last twenty years. <laughs>
1: uh actually i heard from podcasters this draft only has like seven really good players and everybody else is like
0: eh. well we'll see um i when it all started when i heard about this draft instead of the top 20 were actually um usable like nba players and a lot of times people don't um, put the extra work and uh effort into uh i don't know um look into really look into the draft. They just want to look at a couple people, a couple highlights and then move on.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I've said this to you before, it's really hard to judge kids when they're 18 or 19. So I, I think like one of the biggest things about drafts over the years and people that really do follow uh, players after the draft and where they went in the draft and how they did three, four, seven years later, I, I don't do that myself. But uh, some podcasters I've listened to that kind of do look into that stuff, it's so hard to predict. You just have no idea. Yep. Hey, you know, like, you know, Gian- Giannis was number 15 in the draft. Uh, you know, Draymond Green was number uh, 36 in the draft. Like, you know, it's just, it's so hard, right? There's no... Hello?